This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Jose Avila. He is a 17-year-old that doesn't want to go to college and he wants to start his own business. For your chance to win 100 bucks, just like Jose, every Monday morning, simply subscribe to this podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Nathan Latke here. Good morning, guys. This is episode 571. Coming up tomorrow morning, Phil Town and I, the financial legend, and I, we really get into it. A big debate. Uh, you know, it would maybe surprise you. He's 69. I'm like 28. So big gap. Maybe that's why we argued, but it's a very fascinating episode. He sold over 400,000 books on financial literacy and learning, and now he's teaching folks how he took a thousand Good morning, guys. Nathan Latke here. Our guest today that's is Phil Town tomorrow DeSena. morning. He is the one of the founders of Senate Hill Partners, and after an impressive career at Goldman Sachs, where he really led the creation of a pioneering and institutional trading technology system that's now used worldwide in over twenty uh, for over twenty years, he was the managing director, global head of REDI products at Goldman Sachs from two thousand to two thousand six. His leadership built the program into the industry leading global multi asset trading system, expanding data centers and global networking through Europe and Asia, creating a fully twenty four seven global institutional trading platform. We're going to talk everything fintech today. Neil, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. I have to be tough on you because you're criticizing my forehead before we even start. So, I mean, this will be fun. Like yourself out. <laughs> All right. So we've had a bunch of folks on Andy at Wealthfront, Betterment, a bunch of folks. You're investing in fintech, I believe. Give us a rundown of what your thesis is at uh, Senate Hill Partners and where you're making investments. At the end of the day, our thesis is finding companies that can use the experience we bring to the table. The the way we, we try to find investment, listen, at the end of the day, all money is green, but what, what comes with that money that's important? We come with all this experience. My partners and I have all been um, entrepreneurs and we all have expertise in, in operating companies, growing, being on both sides of the negotiation table. And then walk me through specifically why the focus on FinTech, is that just because that lends to your backgrounds well? It definitely lends to our skill set. And when you look at Wall Street today, there are generations of, of uh, knowledge gone. Folks, after the crisis, they left, right? You, you worked on Wall Street for a few regions post-crisis or pre-crisis. For security, if you worked at Goldman Sachs and you weren't happy, you got a job at Morgan Stanley. For pay, banks paid a lot of money. And lastly, for the ability to create well, fast forward after the crisis, banks aren't paying much money, jobs have been cut, and you get better infrastructure on your iPhone. <laughs> so after the crisis, we realized there was a big void in the industry. The knowledge that has seen the industry progress from a pure manual process to an electronic form, those guys are all gone. A lot of them are gone, and now you have much younger people filling that void, and there's a big, there's a big bunch of stuff missing. Just the pure knowledge, know-how, how to navigate the system. And I think that's what we bring to the table different than most other investors. 
Yeah, I mean, they're from a you know you have a traditional VC, and then you kind of have like you know smart money. I mean, you any financial startup is going to be looking to a guy like you as extremely intelligent money. Maybe you get a better valuation because of it. Um, you have multiple lines of business. It looks like so. It looks like you're you're not only investing in companies, but also advising on maybe exits or Series A or Series B. What was the total? Just so we get a sense of size, total transaction volume that you guys advised or led in 2016. Do you know that? I, I do not know that number off the top of my head. That's okay. Do you know what it was definitely more than? It was definitely more than a hundred million bucks. Closer to closer to two hundred million, I believe. Somewhere around two. Okay, cool. We won't quote you directly on that, but somewhere around two hundred. So you've got uh you've got some obviously expertise in the space. You've seen a lot of decks, you've seen a lot of deals. Talk to me about twenty seventeen. What do you see happening in fintech? You know what? It's it's first of all. I'm, I'm a big believer in this, and I've been real out loud on this. I think this whole distributed ledger smart contract actually starts happening. Um, the banks, the traditional technology companies, I don't think are big fans of it because it, it doesn't necessarily disrupt disrupts as much as it enables. But when something enables, it winds up disrupting. Yeah, and this you bring up such a great point because uh, a lot of these companies that launch they focus on money raised and all the wrong things. When really, if you focus on utility, like how how addictive are people in the space actually using the thing? That's where the big valuations happen. And you're saying this dis- distributed ledger concept it really is ready for prime time. It absolutely is ready for prime time, and I uh, it, it's ready for prime time for those who have built the technology proper. So I think this is going to be a year where the haves and the have-nots are going to be distinguished. Talk to me about, uh, I'm going to ask you to pick a baby here, which nobody likes doing, but talk to me about all the companies you've worked with or advised over the past 12 months. Which one do you think is most well-positioned to really play in this distributed ledger space? Uh, Symbiont. Symbiont. Spell that for me. S-Y-M-B-I-O-N-T. Got it. And you want to give some context into why you think they're well-positioned? Well, they have signed a deal with the state of Delaware. And companies now are going to be able to register their companies digitally. So Symbiont is going to be at the point of formation of all of these companies. Got it. So partner directly with the, the state. So when folks like me or anyone want to start a business, they're actually processing it using their technology. Correct. You can digitally register your company. And give us some more a bit kind of background on that company. Was that an ex kind of a banking guy, a friend of yours? What's the founding story? Actually, the founder is Mark Smith, who was our first advisor. Oh, cool. Mark founded, uh, among other things, a company called Lava FX. My partner, Justin Brown, who was an executive at Lava. So there was a, uh, Mark was a known. Mark teamed up with a, with a group called Counterparty, which was arguably the most successful open source blockchain company out there. So now you take people with the technology expertise and that expertise is, is very limited. It's probably a couple handfuls of people with that deep rooted knowledge of the space. You combine them with someone who's a serial entrepreneur who has a proven track record in the financial technology arena. And to us, that is the perfect combination. All right, guys. So there you have it. A distributed ledger. Look out for that in 2017. Let's talk about the new administration coming in. Right. We're talking about changing views towards Wall Street. What's your prediction here? Are things going to ease up, get tighter? No, I think things going to ease up. But that that's not that wasn't the rationale for me to put this here. The rationale was for eight years, we've had a a, a different type of administration. I think all the expectation was the, the themes and the 
manner in which that administration was dealing with the business in general was going to go continue. With the new election, I think it surprised everyone. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work out. But I do know that the banks have to adjust to it. And it's going to be interesting to see who adjusts the best. And do you, I mean, are, can you be specific? Do you, I mean, obviously you, no one knows what a new administration is going to do, but is there any specific kind of sector or place or, or law or, or regulation that you think will either help or hurt these folks? You know what? That's not my level of expertise. Got it. Let's move into some of your other predictions here. And guys, I'm looking, we'll include in the show notes. I'm looking at their infographic they've put together. It's seven for 17. We talked about the distributed ledger. You want to go over to sharing economy, uh, uh, Neil? Yeah. So if you look at, if you think about the, the state of play in the banks or in fintech in general, these larger companies, they are choking on old technology. There was a report published that said in, I forgot who, who published it, but in 2015, $200 billion worldwide was spent by the banks in technology. 75% of that was basically maintenance. Jeez, on just old architecture. So they need to get out from under. Now, if you think about what the cloud offered, what cloud computing offered, somebody built it and it didn't take the banks anything more than to join it. Right, so I think that type of progress has to continue for the banks to get out from under and then tie this back to one of your portfolio companies who do you think is most well positioned that you've worked with to take advantage of this new sharing economy in the fintech sector well you know what there's a lot of them you can you can look at again you could point to symbiont you could point to a company that we have called trade legs which basically could could replace the delta one desks at all of the uh, all of the big banks Got it. Very good. Let's move into uh, any of these other sectors that you, you really want to focus on. I'm just jumping between what interests me. That's okay. You look at the uh, retirement coming up, right? 76 million baby boomers were born between 46 and 64, retiring at a rate of 11,000 a day over the next 19 years. There's got to be technology built to help these folks manage their retirement dollars. And so what, what, will, what will the new technology be replacing? How do those folks do that currently? It's, it, it's a little bit all over the place. There's nothing that ties it all in. Nothing that understands what, where to take the money from, where to use it, how to use it. It's, it's nothing really out there. And is there a company in your portfolio that's thinking about this problem and you think you're really impressed with? We have seen a few companies, but nothing that's in our portfolio yet today. Okay, very good. Let's touch on one last one here. So fundamentals being displaced by quantumentals. People haven't heard that term before. What's quantumentals mean? It's pairing computing power with fundamentals. Right now, the industry is moving towards all this computer-generated um, trading. Right now, when you start comparing it with fundamental trading, it's just going to change the value of a of a of a physical trader and it's going to push it more to the technology side of the business. So here's my question with the tech side of the business. You have a company like Wealthfront that currently has about 4.4 billion in assets under management, which is nothing compared to the, you know, 20 trillion or, or I don't know what the total market is. It's huge. And one of the things that Wealthfront will try and sell you on is their their daily tax loss harvesting, which Vanguard can't afford to do annually or daily because it's too expensive, right? And Wealthfront's perspective is, hey, on an after-tax basis, you'll juice returns by 1.5 to 
invested, you know, 2.5% higher than you would if you did it, invested your money in, say, a passive, you know, S&P 500 Vanguard fund. Do you see kind of other other, do you believe a company like Wealthfront will ultimately win over the money that people currently have in Vanguard for those reasons? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's where it, that could be where it starts, but that's not where it ends. Where's it end? I don't know. I think the industry is trying to figure that out. I think that with the, you know, you, you have all these folks focused on the millennials. At the end of the day, they don't have any money. <laughs> you all these baby boomers retiring. You got a $45 billion wealth transfer coming. So all of that tells me that there's got to be a change. Something new has to happen. And I think it's got to be pretty innovative. I think yeah. it's got to be a combination of, of the traditionals versus the wealth fronts. It, it's got to be a combination. I'm not sure how that, that, that shakes out. I don't think anybody does. I think everyone's trying to figure it out. I'd be but I had the answer. Where are you put your smart guy? You've been in the industry. Where are you placing your bets in terms of money? What companies have you invested in that you think will help, you know, peacefully transfer this 45 billion in assets as these baby boomers die off? We're trying to figure that out as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, I mean, I remember being home for Christmas talking to my parents about this, right? My dad's 75. He doesn't know a damn, I mean, he barely uses a cell phone, but me on the other side of that super tech savvy, it's going to be a very interesting gap to bridge. Very interesting. Very interesting. And I think a lot of people are trying to figure that out. You also have to balance it with, don't forget that the, 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 the people who help your dad, they're getting older too. Yep. Right? And they're going to be cycling out of, out of the, the business space. So who's yep. going to fill that void? Last quick, I just want to touch on this because we've had some insurance technology companies on the show. Have you made a big bet in this space yet and via an investment? We have not. We are working closely with an insurance company. Um, to implement some of this distributed ledger and smart contract into something new. We think in short tech, one of our things is, you know, in short tech is the 2017 Greenfield. It is wide open. It's who's, which insurance company is going to be aggressive. You know, it's, it's sort of the last of the old boys club, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, before we get into the final part of the show, Neil, folks listening right now that are building something in fintech, right? They're going to be going, hey, should I, you know, shoot something over to, you know, Senna Hill and you guys? W what are you focused on in 2017? Is it specifically just helping people raise capital? Are you buying fintech companies? Is it M&A stuff? What are, you, what are you doing in 2017? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're a traditional merchant bank. So we do two things. We invest partner capital in companies. And we do M&A and merger and acquisition and capital raising. But at the end of the day, we try to find companies that we can invest in and help and be with them for the life. Awesome. All right, guys, let's wrap up here. Move into the famous five. Uh, Neil, these are like super easy compared to the other questions. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, my Lord. Last one you read. Last one I read. Oh, my <laughs> You know, I'm going to have to pass on that one. That's okay. I, history. I don't like to read business books. What, what's your favorite, like, fin you're unique because you're kind of on the financial side. What's, like, a financial book that just changed your life? I don't care if you read it 20 years ago or yesterday. You know what? I couldn't tell you. I'll tell you what changed my life was working at Spearley's and Kellogg and being a partner there for Peter Kellogg. There you go. Good one. Number two, is there a CEO? I learned more there than I can learn any book. Yep. Is there a, a CEO that you're currently following or studying? Nope. I'm very good friends with uh, Duncan Niederauer, former CEO of the New York Stock Exchange. And if ever I have any questions, I usually call him. Number three, is there a favorite online tool that you use on a daily basis, whether it's in fintech or to manage your portfolio or find deals? Um, 
Now I'm trying to get my team to use Salesforce so we can match all the stuff. You know, Neil, I hear that so much. Bosses going, why the hell won't my team use Salesforce? I pay like 100, 200, a million bucks to use this damn thing for the year. Nobody wants to use it under me, right? I'm going to start finding everyone. <laughs> all right. Everyone has said hell listening. You heard it from Neil. Get going. Number four, Neil. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married, three little kids. Oh, very good. So you're riding this thing, managing, you know, obviously, a family. And how old are you? 52. So take us back 32 years. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What do I want? What do you wish your... What's, a, like, a lesson you really wish your 20-year-old self had, you know, knew? Oh, when I was 20. I was already working on Wall Street when I was 20. Um, you know what? Pay a little more attention to the detail. Pay a little more attention to details. Top Tribe, there you have it. From Neil, one of the founding folks at Senate Hill. Pay more attention to the detail. They did somewhere around 200 million bucks in transaction volume last year. He has a very storied relationship with Wall Street. Super smart firm focusing on in 2017 on not only transactions, but investing partner capital in the fintech space. Check out the infographic 7 for 17 in the bio and in the show notes at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top 571. Neil, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. If you enjoyed Neil today, go back and listen to Slater yesterday. Slater runs Indico.io, where they've raised $4.5 million, helping 20 financial firms process their data faster. Hey, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.